Alex fans. Are you ready? You are listening to the Ducks and Pucks podcast with your hosts, Mike Walters and Eddie Jones. This is the number one home for Anaheim Ducks talk and analysis. Here we go. Welcome to the show. This is your host, Mike Walters, along with my co-host, Eddie Jones, and we have a good show for you this week. Uh, we've been gone for a little bit, but uh, a little bit of news came up. Uh, Francois Beauchemin's going to return to the Ducks, so we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the impact, uh, some of the poll questions that you guys voted on and your reactions and questions about that. Uh, we're going to discuss the uh, World Juniors a little bit. Some of the upcoming events, uh, you know, for those of you who are missing out on hockey, obviously the Fedoran Cup is coming up around the corner. Um, the Prospect Showcase is coming up in September um, with the Ducks playing in San Jose. So we'll talk about some of those and, and a couple other, uh, you know, news items around uh, the league. Not a whole lot happening, Eddie, but in terms of the Ducks, um, they did make a signing. We, you know, it had been quiet for a long time and Francois Beauchemin's back. And what's your initial reaction, Eddie? It's, uh, it was kind of interesting seeing what the fans thought about this. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's, it seems like it's more of a, a depth move. Obviously he's, he's not going to be a key part, uh, to this team like he was in, in the past with, with the ducks. But, you know, I, I think with Vatnin possibly being out for three months to start the season and, and, you know, the uncertainty surrounding Lindholm and, and if he's going to be ready to start the season, it's more of a depth role, and we saw the comments from Boschman too, saying you know he wants to return somewhere familiar. It's probably going to be his last season, so for him not to have to to move somewhere where he's never been before and come back to Anaheim, I think is is important for him. And, and you know, I don't want to say it's it's a courtesy to a, a former player that they're going to bring him back and and let him retire as a Duck. I think part of that plays a role. Obviously, like I mentioned, the Ducks do need some some depth defensemen to start the season, but. You know, it's kind of a mix of, of both of those two things, I think. Yeah, and you talk about a mix of that. You know, it's kind of a mix of reactions as well. Some people are a little upset, you know, as far as the, the deal that was made. Uh, you know, it's a $1 million contract with uh, 500000 in uh, performance bonuses. Um, not really a big hit on the cap. You know, according to Cap Friendly, the Ducks have a little bit over $3 million left. Um, we threw out a couple of poll questions. We did one on Twitter. Uh, to see, you know, whether or not people were happy he came back or not, and uh, about eighty percent of you were happy that he was back. Um, obviously, some of you were not happy. It was funny the ones that weren't were, were really not happy. It seemed like, but that was the poll question on Twitter. And then, as you touched on, as far as why did the Ducks sign him? And that's what you know. Some people are asking is is what is the exact reason for bringing him back? Um, we put another poll question in our article that um, kind of gave you three scenarios or three situations. We talked about the insurance policy, as you mentioned, uh, with Lindholm and Votnin, uh, you know, obviously having their shoulder surgeries. Uh, we also talked about a potential trade and possibly it being both of those. So most of you voted that you thought it would be both, a little over 50%. Uh, 38% about said insurance policy and 10% thought maybe a trade. So looking at that, Eddie, uh, what you talked about, I, you know, I agree with you. I think it's more insurance policy. Now, if you look at the Ducks, uh, you know, top blue line uh, players right now, you have Lindholm, Fowler, Manson, Montour, um, Bieksa, Boschman, and Holzer. So if you're looking at that, um, you know, and, and as we said, that, you know, one or two may be out, Votnin and, and maybe Lindholm. I think it's more just to fill in as a, as a depth role there. Could he be traded later on midseason? Maybe, but, I, you know, he wants to do this as his last season. He wants to retire as a Duck. So I think that's 
you know, more of the possibility. Uh, you know, the Ducks could trade somebody else, but, you know, Eddie, I, I don't see Bocherman getting moved. No, I, I don't see him getting moved either. And really, I, I find it hard for, for them to move anybody else because they brought in Bocherman. It's not like he's a, a like-for-like replacement for anybody that they would be moving. <laughs> you know, like we talked about before, them possibly moving Vaughton, obviously before the injury. Um, and, and obviously before all that, it was about Fowler and, and, and talks about him getting moved at the beginning of last season. But, you know, I, I don't see them moving any of them now. I think it's a little bit too late. Obviously now, you know, Vatnin was the most likely guy to get moved and, and with, you know, the issues with his injury and his recovery time, I don't think a lot of teams are, are willing to wait, uh, three months into the season to, to get a player when, when the Ducks would be getting back a, an impactful player, uh, to start the season. So I, I don't see that happening anymore. You know, obviously Boschman comes in. Uh, he's not going to do a lot. He, he's not, you know, he's he's 37 now, so he he's not going to make a huge impact. He's going to be a steady presence on on the blue line, but you know, he he doesn't do a lot of things right anymore. You know, he, he did play <laughs> on a bad Colorado team last year, but you know, he's essentially we've brought in uh, another Kevin BX in, in terms of performance and what he's going to bring on the ice. So it, it's nothing to get super excited about. Obviously, everybody loves the guy and, and what he's done for us in the past. So I, I think in that aspect. Uh, it's nice to have him back. Yeah, you know, and we got a lot of fan questions, obviously, about this, and you kind of touched on it. And one of them was uh, from Ringo. He asked, you know, what what is it going to mean for the team defensively? Um, you know, I, I think the impact here is kind of de- going to depend on the health of the players in the beginning. Um, it, it, you know, it's another question we had that was asked, too, is who would you pair Boschman with? So, you know, I think if Lindholm's good to go, Eddie, you, you most likely see Lindholm and Manson together. We've seen those two, you know, paired together. Um, you have Fowler and Montour. Maybe they go together. You also have Holzer in the mix. But, you know, sadly, <laughs> the pairing may be uh, Bieksa and Boschman, Eddie, the, which <laughs> I know a lot of fans aren't going to be happy about that if that's the case. Yeah, you know, normally with, with the Ducks, we don't really see them pair two right-handed guys together. So I think inevitably we're going to see Boschman and Bieksa get paired together. Like you said, Manson usually gets paired with Lindholm. There's a chance he might also get paired with Fowler, depending on how they want to go there. And, you know, I, I find it hard for them to, to bury Montour down in the lineup and, and kind of anchor him uh, with, with Francois Beauchemin. So I think he either plays with Fowler or Lindholm, depending on where Manson goes. And really that leaves us with Beauchemin and Bieksa and obviously Holter as well if, if they decide to switch in and out. But... You know, I, I think to start the season, there's a good chance you do end up seeing Boschman and Bieksa play together, and I really hope that 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 D pair is out there for for a max of five minutes a game. I, I can't see it being too impactful when they're on the ice together. So I'm I'm hoping they switch it up, and, and obviously, hopefully, uh, Lindholm is ready to go at the beginning of the season. And you know, if Vatanen's recovery time is less than expected, that would be beneficial as well. So we don't have to see them paired together for too long. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, I think as far as the Ducks' defense, there is a little bit of concern to start the season. And, you know, we did talk about that before because of the injuries to Lindholm and Vatanen. And now you bring in Boschman that, like you said, you know, is an older player, a little bit slower, making more, you know, mistakes. I mean, obviously he was on Colorado. you got to take that into account, too, uh, on a team that obviously wasn't doing well. But I, I think that is the concern for the Ducks is having, you know, a top, you know, solid six uh, D pairings, you know, that are going to start. And they're not going to have that. I mean, you're, you're not going to have Botnin, and, and we don't know if we're going to have Lindholm. So, obviously, there's still a little bit of time to go before the season starts, and, and we you know we haven't really heard a whole lot uh, you know about either one of the players, what's going on. We knew the last thing on Lindholm was that his recovery was going well, so that was you know good news. But in terms of defense, Eddie, uh, that's kind of my concern with this team. 
uh, you know, to start the season. It, it'll be interesting to see what the pairings are. And like you said, if it is indeed BX and Boschman, how much time will they get in a 60-minute game? Yeah, and, and I think that's the question right now It's is really, I mean, I don't expect them to get too much if they're paired together, and, and maybe you do see, I mean, we've seen Montour get anchored with with Biaxa, with Stoner, with, with uh, Holzer in, in the past, and, you know, there's a chance that they might do that again just to split up uh, the skill across different uh, D pairings, so at least you have one guy who can make a difference on each pairing, so you have, obviously, the the top one, which would be Lindholm and Manson, you'd have Fowler, possibly, with, with BX, and then you'd have Boschman with Montour, and at least you have, you know, Lindholm on one, Fowler on the other, Montour on the other three, you know, three guys who can make a difference and drive play forward, so there's a chance they can go with that, obviously we have to wait and see, and, and it all depends on, on if Lindholm's ready, like I said, or even if, if Vaughn is ready, or, or depending on when he's going to come back and you know one question that we'll, we'll get to eventually though is is will larson be ready and, and will he be able to make right. an impact and, and will be will magna be able to come up and, and make an impact and will he steal a spot from from Boschman or from from holzer so uh, there's a lot of questions going into obviously it'll go into to training camp and we'll see if those guys are actually even able to make the lineup and then from there i think it'll make things a little bit clearer yeah, I agree with you, and that's we touched upon that too. You know, as far as in, in the article about Boschman and what's going to happen with the team, there's also Steven Oleski that the Ducks signed too, which we knew he wasn't going to be like a top you know pairing, but he could have been you know one of the those bottom guys, uh, you know, to fill in with like b- between him and Holzer. And now it really depends on what's going to happen. Like you said, Magna and Larson they could jump up. Oleski would go down, you know, to the goals and stay there most likely um, now that Boschman's brought in. So there's a lot of little, uh, you know, moving parts here on the defense. is something that it's going to be, you know, kind of up in the air to start the season. But in terms of depth, I think that it's good uh, that the Ducks overall brought in Boschman. Obviously, he's a fan favorite. They brought him in at a cheap price. Um, I think it's going to be a lot of, you know, good help in the beginning. Um, one thing is I don't anticipate him playing – a lot the whole season uh you know the other the other part of this too uh and and this was talked about by uh murray when the signing was done is that you know he brings in that leadership too eddie because you look at the ducks defense you know other than bxa you know most of the defensive players on this team are very very young so the other aspect of this that you know a lot of people i don't think are taking into account is that he's going to be a good mentor whether he's a healthy scratch or he's on that bottom pairing and I think that's what the Ducks are looking for because, you know, he won the Stanley Cup with the Ducks. This is his third tour of duty. Um, you know, his body obviously isn't going to be, you know, up to speed like all these young guys. But he does know the ins and outs of the game pretty well. And I think he'll be a good uh, you know, mentor for these young guys. Yeah, I think that's obviously important. We've, we've had BX and that was kind of the point to bring in Bieksa was to have a, a veteran guy like that and a leader for, for this blue line back when they were even younger than they are now. I think we're getting to the point, though, though I saw this, a couple of people said this on, on Twitter the other day after the Boschman signing was, you know, we're getting to the point where guys like Fowler and, and Vaughton are getting into their late 20s, and, and we're going to start looking to them to be leaders in the locker room. And obviously Boschman is only signed for one more year. Bieksa's contract's up at the end of the year as well, and I, I think this is a good segue for, for them 
to move into Fowler and, and, and Vaughton to be the leaders on this blue line. No, Fowler's going to be 26 next year. Uh, Vaughton's going to be 27. And it's time for these guys to take over that role as leaders on the blue line and, and you know, lead the way for, for Montour and for Lindholm and for Larson when he comes up and Magna. So I, I think it's great for this season. And, and obviously it's a familiar face for a lot of guys in, in the locker room for, for Boschman to come back. And, and I think that's great for when you're going into the playoffs and stuff as well. So I think it's going to be important in that aspect. Yeah, I think you make a great point. You know, the, the you know Fowler coming up and Botnan, obviously, um, I think you're right. They are the ones that are going to, you know, you know, obviously, if Thotten doesn't get traded, which we heard all that stuff going on, and and that's kind of died down. But um, yeah, they're going to be the newer leaders of this de- defensive core. So I think that is a key, and and as like you said, as a segue for um, Boschman to come in, it'll be good. You know, maybe the Ducks make the push and and go all the way, you know, and get them one cup on the way out, which would be nice. I mean, obviously, it's a little early, but that's uh, you know kind of what we're looking for. And and another concern too, uh, you know, kind of switching to the other part of the uh, the team here is you know the offense, and we had Laura ask about that too. Um, you know, a lot of people still are wondering, will the Ducks make another move? Will they go get another forward? Um, in in the article talking about Boschner and talked about some of these other forwards that are out there, Eddie. Um, you know, Yager is still out there. Uh, you know, we're at the end of August and he's floating out there. Um, there's the Pasternak situation, which hasn't been resolved. Uh, Bennett situation hasn't been resolved. Um, Stafford's still floating out there. Another name that we had talked about. What do you think, you know, as far as the Ducks trying to get another forward? Um, and, you know, the, all these players, you know, these forwards that, you know, they're still, you know, out there. Yeah, no, I, th- I think there's a chance. Um, we haven't really heard much on, on Yager in a while. We haven't heard much on, on Joe McGinley. And, and Stafford is, is a guy that, you know, a, a lot of teams would love to have. And, and he's still out there, which is surprising to me. Um, you know, I think there's a chance the Ducks could sign some of these guys. Uh, I think it's a little late now. I, I think they might be happy with the group that they're going in with, but they, they still do have $3 million in cap space to work with. And, and if you want to go in and sign a guy like Drew Stafford to a one-year, one, one-and-a-half, $2 million contract, I think they have the room to do that. Um, you know, and, and I think that improves them going into the season. And you know, There's still plenty of time, and it's, and it's a possibility, for, for at least for, the, for the, those unrestricted free agents, but... For the, the restricted free agents you mentioned, I think it's a little bit more difficult. Obviously, the the big story of the last week was was the rumors that Pasternak was looking for a trade because Boston uh, wasn't able to to really work out a contract with him. Obviously, there's still you know talks are still ongoing, but um, with Drysaddle getting eight and a half, it was rumored that Pasternak was looking for around the same. You know, would the Ducks be able to trade for him? I don't think so. I don't think they have the assets. Uh, to to really work around a trade like that, um, you know, normally you would say maybe Vatnin, but with him being out for the first three months of the season, possibly, I, I don't think that really works out. And and you know, the Ducks obviously aren't interested in moving a guy like Montour, Lindholm, or even Raquel or anybody like that. So I, I don't see a trade like that. And you know, for Bennett, there hasn't been a ton of news on his contract coming out. Obviously, at the end of the season, there was rumors that they might be deciding to move him and, and move on from him. But I, I think the, the Calgary, Calgary organization still believes that this is a guy that eventually will hit his stride and, and you know, prove that, you know, why they took him at fourth overall in, in the draft. So I think there's a lot of options left out there. Um, you know, are the Ducks going to get anybody? I don't think so. Uh, but they might be able to take a chance on a, on a guy like Yager or a guy like Stafford on, on a one-year deal. 
Yeah, and I, I think that's where we're at right now, too. I mean, obviously, we saw him go out and get Boschman for the one-year, one million deal. And, you know, we didn't think the Ducks were going to do a whole lot. And that's still not a big move, obviously, but it's a move. Um, and I think you're right. I think in terms of, you know, trying to work out something with a, uh, you know, restricted free agent trade kind of a thing, that's going to be tough. Like you said, uh, with Lindholm and Botnan's situation and their health, that kind of puts a damper on any of those kind of things. I, I think the Ducks are happy with the way that the defense is right now. Um, obviously, just bringing in Boschman as the backup in terms of the forwards. I think you're right. I think they would try to go out and, and maybe get a Yager for one year. Or, you know, maybe they get a Ginla, which would be hilarious because you remember Boschman and Ginla had that, that monster fight, um, you know, some years back. So that would be kind of hilarious if they both ended their careers with one year on the Ducks at the end. That would be kind of ironic, um, you know, as we've seen them tussle before. But uh, I think in this coming next month or so, Again, I don't see them doing too much, like we said, you know, a month ago. Um, but I would think that one of those guys, you know, is what they would try and do if they wanted to go get someone. I think, like you said, maybe a one-year deal for one to two million is what we look at. Because if you look at the Ducks' top nine, um, Eddie, I mean, it's a pretty solid group. You know, the Ducks obviously brought back Eves, who's most likely going to play with Getzloff. And then we talked about whether or not it would be, you know, Perry or Casse on that top line. You still have the Kessler line with uh, Cogliano and Silverberg. Um, obviously Richie and of course Raquel. I mean, it's, it's a pretty solid top nine group, um, you know, Vermint as well. I mean, you've got, you've got a good base there. I mean, obviously the Ducks fourth line rotates in and out with the players there, but I mean, I, I think mo everybody's pretty happy with what we got. I mean, if we were able to throw in one more for a cheap deal, that would work, but you know, I, I think what we have right now, um, you know, barring, um, any kind of injuries or anything else, I, I think it's pretty good for the top nine forwards. Yeah, and I think they really do want to give Richie a chance to prove himself. I think they do want to give Kasha a chance to prove himself as well. Um, and, and, you know, if you bring in a guy like Stafford, you do end up burying those guys farther down the lineup. And, and I do think Richie took a step forward last year, and obviously Kasha came out of nowhere and played very well for the Ducks. So, you know, it, it looks like from what we saw, obviously the, the lack of signings uh, up front, it looks like that's what they're going to do, and they're going to either play Richie with Getzloff and Eves, or they're going to try playing Kasha with Getzloff and Eves, or, or they're going to form a third line around those guys with Fermat. Whatever they're going to do, it looks like they want to keep these guys around the top nine and give them some more chances. And, and you know, honestly, I'm okay with that. Um, bringing in a guy like Stafford, like Hoodler, some of those, I think it would be possibly an improvement but we don't know how well nick rich is going to do this year we don't know how well cash is going to do this year they could take a huge step forward uh and and be more impactful than you know a, a possible signing like stafford would have been so it'll be interesting to see where they fit in the lineup and how well they do how well they do this year because their success it really is is the key to the the bottom part of the ducks lineup getting going yeah, I agree with you. You know, if you're sitting at home and you're going, hey, you know, Mike and Eddie, you know, what two, you know, one or two forwards should I watch that are currently on the team now this season and how and how they're going to affect this team? And I think you're right. I think the biggest two uh, are going to be uh, Richie and Kase and how they perform. I mean, some of the things Kase did last season were awesome, you know, and he may, he may have a, a great season. Like you said, Richie is starting to develop more as well. Um, you know, of course, you're still going to look to, you know, Kessler. Uh, gets off and parry the big three, of course, to do their things. But as far as in terms of other players to watch, you know, and how they develop and how it's going to affect the team, I, I think you're right because the secondary scoring is going to be huge for this team. If this team's going to go on deep in the playoffs again, 
Um, that's going to be key. I mean, I think they're going to be fine during the regular season. You and I have talked about this as far as, you know, even with the Vegas Knights coming in, which, you know, that team, <laughs> I don't think they're going to do too well. They, they kind of had a good draft, but then they kind of messed some things up a little bit in there. Um, I, I still think we'll see the Ducks at the top of the Pacific. Um, you know, if they're first, who cares? You and I have talked about this. Being first in the Pacific hasn't meant much. But if they're one, two, or three, I'm fine with that. And I think if they can get that secondary score, and then there's a good chance to go far in the playoffs. Yeah, and really, that's was one of the issues last year. Is, is we were getting a lot of you know scoring from Getzlau, or like obviously later on in the season, Perry picked it up a bit. Kessler started off very strong. Silverberg started off strong. Raquel had a great season. You know, Eves came in and, and did great. But other than that, you know, Vermette was eh, he was okay. Richie took a step forward, but still wasn't great. Kasha came in and, and was unexpected, so I, I think it was a great season for him in that aspect. But there wasn't much scoring coming from, from the bottom pairing. And, and, you know, obviously the Ducks made a big push, but a lot of people were expecting us to bring in, you know, that top six winger this year and, and make a difference and, and be able to, you know, to completely change the way the Ducks' offense looked. And, and we didn't get that. And, and obviously it's unfortunate, but we, we kept the deep pairings together. You know, you, you lost... Theodore to keep a hold of guys like Raquel and Silverberg. So, you know, it, it's going to have to be a, a, a new look for this bottom pairing, I think, this year, for the, at least for the third and fourth line. And we've got to get new guys like Rasmussen's coming. And, you know, you still got some guys like Vermette's going to be there. You know, Jared Bowles going to be there. Chris Wagner's going <laughs> to be there. And, and the possibility of maybe a guy like Max Jones, if he makes the lineup out of camp, or Sam Steele, I think that's exciting as well. And that could really add a whole new di- dynamic to the Ducks' offense. So there's a lot of questions that kind of have to wait until training camp and to see if any of these guys make the lineup or, or what the lineup's even going to look like. Yeah, and, and you know, with that, you know, I mean, obviously, uh, if you're uh, out there right now, you're you're missing out on hockey. You know, of course, uh, you're maybe you're watching some baseball or something, or you know, football's coming up. But in terms of hockey, uh, you know, we did have the uh, the World Junior uh, Summer Showcase. If you followed some of that, uh, you know, Jones and Steele played in that. Uh, Badini also played. Mahura also played in those. Um, games that we had, uh, you know, recently, and then we're going to get a chance to see them play in December uh, again, Eddie. And then also, uh, there's a good chance you'll see uh, Jones and Steele in September uh, 9th through the 12th. You know, they're going to have the Ducks uh, prospect showcase, which they'll be in San Jose. I'll actually be up there that weekend. Um, I may or may not go to one of the games. Um, uh, one of my friends is actually getting married up in the area there. So, uh, I'm going to try to swing by there, but you know, I'm obviously going to be a little bit busy that weekend, but if you get a chance, you can check it out then. And you may see, you know, cause the ducks are always going to play San Jose and Colorado is going to be part of that too. Um, so there's a little bit of hockey coming up, Eddie. Uh, and you know, that's probably where we'll get to watch these guys and maybe see if they make a push. Like you said, if you try to bring in a Yager or, or a staffer or something like that, um, you, you know, you kind of slow down the process of some of these younger players and some of the ones that um, you know we're going to get to watch here coming up in September. Yeah, yeah, you slow down the development of a guy like Richard Catcher, like we talked about it. Then you know, Jones has made some some strides in the off season, and and seems like he's fired up to to hopefully make a spot or at least uh, play a couple games at the beginning of the season to show he belongs. And and Steele's a, an interesting one because I'm not 100 percent sure if he's ready or not. I'm not sold. On you know obviously the skill is there, but I don't know if if you know that's going to factor in 
against his size. We've obviously seen, seen a guy like uh, Mitch Marner come in last year with the Leafs and light it up. And, and there was people were saying, oh, is he ready? Is he too small for the NHL? You know, does he need to go in the AHL? And he came up and, and put up over 60 points last year. And, and I'm not saying Steele's going to come in and do the same or that he's even the same type of player as Mitch Marner. But you know, there's a chance for him to succeed in this lineup. And there's a lot of spaces available. You know, there's there's top-line wing spots available with Getzlaff and Eve. So, and there's a there's a center and wing spots available with with Raquel and and Perry in the top nine. So I think there's a good chance for him to succeed along some of those guys. So it'll be interesting to see. I I really would like to see at least one of them get a, a little bit of a tryout at the beginning of the season and see how they do. If not, they can go back to junior, and I think both of them will be even closer to to being NHL ready next year. Yeah, and you know it's interesting too. Murray's take on both of these guys. You know, he, obviously Jones has the size. Uh, Murray said that his decision making sometimes is questionable, and then you look at Steele. Steele has the hockey IQ, but he doesn't have the size. <laughs> so you kind of it's you kind of like you know you've got a little of this and a little of that of both. Um, obviously, you never know. I mean, I mean, you look at certain players, uh, like you look at Paul Korea. He didn't have a lot of size, but he did great. So you know, size doesn't always matter. Um, but hockey IQ is is also a factor too. So, but part of that too is being young. Uh, you know, obviously, when players are going through um, the progression right now, that's when they're developing the decision making and, and you know they're learning and gaining experience. So, uh, those are the two to keep an eye on as far as whether or not they can crack the lineup. At least for a, uh, you know some of the games, as Eddie had mentioned, you know as far as getting a full time deal this year, I, you know I don't see that happening, obviously. But they could push it and you know come into training camp and at least you know see some of that. I mean, unless there's some injuries, you know, barring hopefully that doesn't happen. But I think, like you said, Eddie, those are the two to watch. And if either one of them can you know bust it out, um, it may make things a little bit interesting for the Ducks' offensive lineup. Yeah, and I think one guy I, I you know I completely forgot about. I feel bad about it, but we haven't mentioned yet is is Nick Cudillys as well. I mean, he came up and had a cameo at the end of the season, played a couple of playoff games as well, and. I mean, he's a guy that could come up and, and make a difference this year as well. He's a guy that we've been waiting to see for a long time now, and he finally came up and, and made appearances last year, and I, I think there's a chance that he could have a bigger role this year as well and, and have a spot in the top nine. And you know, the, There's a good chance that he could be a guy who takes a step forward this year and, and makes a difference, gets 30, 40 points for the Ducks, depending on what type of role he plays in. But I think that's another guy you have to look at as, as being you know another reason that the Ducks aren't looking to bring in a guy like Drew Stafford or, or Yuri Hoodler or, or or even Yager, and the fact that they they kind of want to give these these you know minutes to to a younger guy like Cordillis and and like uh, Richie and Kasha and, and possibly Jones or Steele. You know, you make a good point, and uh, for those of you too that want to see Nick Cordillis play, he's actually going to be at the Fedoran Cup coming up this uh, weekend on Saturday. Um, if you haven't gone, it's a fun event, it raises uh, you know money for uh, charity. And Phil Hewitt will be there. He's the master of ceremonies, uh, as he always is. There'll be giveaways and different prizes and things that you can bid on. Um, tickets are still available. Uh, Andrew Cogliano will be there. Uh, Sean Pronger will be there. Todd Marchant. And then, like I said, Nick Cordelius will be there. The full roster hasn't been announced, at least at the time of recording this podcast. But if you get a chance to go to that, you can also you know, see some hockey. For those of you that are starved, um, you know, missing out on your uh, uh, NHL uh, hockey action. So that's coming up on saturday the 26th and it's going to be at anaheim ice um one other little bit of news to eddie uh ducks related 
is uh, the Hockey Hall of Fame. Uh, we know that uh, Korea and Solani were named to it, but they're also going to play in the Legends Classic game. Coming up, uh, that's going to be in November uh, 12th, and it's going to be in your neighborhood. It's going to be at the Air Canada Center. So that's something to look at, too, uh, You know, down the road. Another uh, you know, a fun thing to see. I mean, getting to see Korea and Solani together on ice again for the first time in years. Uh, that's another exciting thing that's coming up uh, in a couple months. Yeah, unfortunately, we won't get to see them playing on the same team. I, b- I believe it's it's Canada versus the world, so Solani will be on one side and, and Korea will be on the other side. But, but it, yeah, I mean, it's great to see those guys. I, I think we were talking about this beforehand, but you said Messier was, was a captain of one team and Yari Curry's a captain of the other team. So there's a bunch of legends that are going to be at that tournament. Something I didn't even know about, so I got to look into that. And might go to that now because that <laughs> looks like it's going to be uh, a fun event. But yeah, I mean, it's it'd be great to see to see Korea on the ice, and even though he's not playing on on the same team as Solani, to see them on the ice together would be great to see again. And and hopefully, you know, we saw the cameo from Korea in the playoffs last season. Hopefully, we get to see more of him now in this upcoming season, especially obviously with with the Hockey Hall of Fame induction and everything like that. It it would be great to see him you know, play a, a bigger role uh, with the, with the ducks this season. Yeah, absolutely. And I know a lot of people have talked about it, you know, especially when we saw him crossing off the nine, uh, you know, uh, during the playoffs, um, we'll kind of go to some of the fan questions. I know we kind of addressed some throughout the show already, but, uh, we had some, uh, you know, more interesting ones, uh, on here. Uh, you know, the ducks are, they put out their promotional, uh, giveaways, um, that are coming up, uh, this season. Uh, we'll post that on the website, but if you hadn't seen it, um, there's a whole bunch of things on there, and, and we had some fans ask, you know, what were we looking forward to? Um, I know one of them on there, Eddie, I was looking forward to is they're going to have a camo night, which that's always good because, you know, getting camo-themed uh, sports stuff is difficult. Um, they have some other ones on here, you know, trading cards. Uh, um, let's see what else. They have a reusable grocery bag, a backpack. But I think the, the best one and the one that most people are going to be interested, Eddie, there's not a photo of it, but it's going to be a Patrick Eves beard. Yeah, that, that, I think that's <laughs> got to be the one everybody's most excited for. Uh, that will be funny to watch, uh, obviously, from in the arena and from outside on TV and watching everybody wearing these, these fake Patrick Eves beards, if that's what it ends up being. I think that will be great to see. <laughs> it will be, be, be a funny thing. It will be, it'll be great, and, and obviously Eves will be in on it. It will be, it'll be a fun night. But, yeah, like you said, all the ones you mentioned, they, they seem like they're, they're going to be fun to be a part of. You know, and kind of one thing, too, we didn't really mention uh, earlier in the show, but we talked about, you know, all these players and if the Ducks are going to get someone else. And, you know, another reason why they might not get someone else is because of Patrick Eves. I mean, they saw the chemistry he had with Getzloff. You know, they signed him for a couple years. Um, you know, he had a really good season last year. I mean, I, we don't know if we'll have the exact same season. Um, but that's another reason, too, Eddie, that the, the Ducks may just shy away from trying to get one of these other named players. Um, you know, have Eves in the lineup with Getzloff and let one of the younger guys try and step up. Yeah, and really, I I honestly hope Eves can come in and do similar to to what he did last year. I mean, it was a great season for him last year. It, it was kind of an anomaly for him. It, it's something we you know haven't seen from him in his career, and you know rarely do you see a guy come out at at thirty three and put up a career year and and continue it from there. But I think you know him playing with Getzloff, the chemistry he had, I think he can continue that. You know, a lot of people contributed success last year to, to playing on the power play in Dallas with Sagan and Ben and, and playing with Getzloff on the Ducks. But, you know, if he, he's not going anywhere, you know, he's not he's not playing with anybody else this season. He's going to be playing with Getzloff for most of the season. At least we expect so. Um, and I don't see why he 
can't get maybe 20 goals again this season and if he gets that i mean that's what that's what we brought him in for and you know if he can help spark the power play and contribute like he did in the playoffs uh last year again so i i think it'll be exciting to see how he does that uh, you know obviously that with you know chemistry and pairing with Getzlav is going to be key to the Ducks offense this year uh, along with Perry getting going and Gibson staying healthy I think those are three of the the big keys to success for the Ducks coming up this season yeah I agree with you on all those I think those are the other things to watch uh, as you know the season starts to uh, progress and unfold Um, another interesting question uh, that we had is uh, from Brandon he asked you know what what songs do you want to hear during the Ducks uh, (laughs) warm-ups so uh, you know, Phil Hu and I always talk about this, and it's always a uh, heavy metal themed Eddie. Uh, we usually talk about you know Metallica or Iron Maiden, Megadeth, stuff like that. Something to pump up everybody in the beginning. That's kind of what I look for. But um, you have any choices there? Anything you want to hear? You know, in the beginning uh, uh, the warm ups. I know you're not you know there obviously, <laughs> <Yeah>. but <laughs> I don't think this away, question away. applies to me. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not in the arena, so yeah, yeah. This is more of a question for people at the game. So uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, so it's just another funny question that somebody threw out there. And then um, one other thing I did want to mention, too, I don't know if uh, everybody caught this, but I went on the uh, the Fourth Line podcast uh, a couple weeks ago, I think it was, and they were trying to determine uh, Carl, who's on the show. There's Mike and Carl on there. Carl was trying to pick up his bandwagon team, Eddie, and uh, tried to entice him to pick the Ducks. That was one of his final choices. I even offered up a Patrick Eves jersey, and they still went no and they ended up going with Carolina. So, uh, you know, good luck to them on that one uh, with Carolina. Um, you know, they the guys over at uh, Section uh, 328 have their own podcast, too. It's another one that I recommend, both of those, the fourth line and Section 328. But I don't know how Carolina's going to do, Eddie. They, they think they're going to make the playoffs, but, you know, I, I don't know. I, I told Carl that he should have joined our team, but, oh, well. I mean, you know, I, even the jersey didn't work. <laughs> yeah, I mean, hey, if he wanted some some possibility at, at success this season, he should have went with us. But I guess he's he's going for the long run and, and looking to the future to go with with Carolina and obviously the guys at Section three twenty eight probably offered him a, a little bit more than a jersey if he's going to go with Carolina <laughs> and suffer through this season and then possibly next season. But I don't know. I don't know what he sees. Maybe maybe they make the playoffs this year and surprise everybody and and he you know picked the right team. But we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, it was fun. So if you guys are missing out on some podcast action, check out both of those. They have theirs up there posted as well. Um, I guess the only really other thing to talk about, Eddie, uh, that kind of happened, and, and unfortunately it's a sad note to end on, but it's 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 a good note in sense of the contributions that this man made. Um, you know, Brian Murray uh, passed away recently, uh, which was unfortunate. And if you you know look back at his career, though, he did a lot of good things for the Ducks. If, if you remember, he led the Ducks to the first Stanley Cup back in 2003. He brought in Getzloff and Perry as well. So a lot of, of what's going on with Anaheim today, Eddie, uh, we owe to that man. And obviously, you know, thoughts and prayers go out to him, his uh, family and friends. Yeah, it was you know it's disappointing and, and sad to see you know him gone so early and, and like you said all the stuff that he's done for the Ducks and, and the stuff that he's done for the Senators as well. I mean he's really built them to the team that they've become and and the success that they had in the last few seasons as well. So it's it's sad to see and, and you know, obviously you know condolences go to his family and, and obviously with Bob Murray and everybody like that as well. So it, it's sad to see, and, and really, you know, we we're, we we're hoping that he would be along or, you know, be around a lot longer. But, you know, we got to look back and, and look at, at the stuff he's done for this team, the stuff that he, he's done, not just in hockey, and, and really appreciate it. 
Yeah, and we're going to you know dedicate this podcast to him and his memory and everything that he's done. Like you said, not just for the Ducks, for hockey in general, but obviously he made some you know big contributions for this uh, franchise as well. Um, with that, we're going to you know wrap up the show. Um, you know, check out the other podcasts as I mentioned. Uh, don't forget the Fedoran Cups coming up this uh, the weekend, and we put you know put out some of the schedule, some of the other events here, which we'll put in the article as well in case you uh, forgot the dates or. Um, you know, you want to try to attend one of these things. So we'll put out some of the information there as well. And uh, if you get a chance to check out our hockey store at tpnhockey.com, there's still shirts and things going on there as well. Uh, so with that, um, you know, we hope you enjoyed the show. We'll be back, who knows, in a, another week or two, just depending on kind of what happens. Uh, obviously, it's been a slow summer. But, uh, you know, once the season gets going, we'll be back uh, you know, pretty much every week. Uh, thanks for listening, and let's go Ducks. Ducks.